The Longbox Crusade presents Fan Bill Fridays. Welcome to Fan Film Fridays. I am your host, Clinton Robison, trapped in the basement. I'm pretty sure by design at this point, but, you know, I, I could be mistaken. It's, it's kind of starting to feel a little bit like a tomb. You know, maybe somebody can just come down here and get me out. Maybe a football team from L.A., you know, like the Raiders. Wait, are they even there anymore? Does football even exist? I've been down here too long. And speaking of being down here too long, there's this guy that's rummaging around talking about finding a PS1 or a Dreamcast or something he stashed down here about, you know, six years ago. Spoilers. I think I sold it on eBay. So, uh, Jared, what are you looking for? I, I'm looking for the the PlayStation 1 or the, or the PlayStation 2 because... I really just got a hankering to play the old Tomb Raider games again, man. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I didn't realize you were recording here. I'm just, uh, I'll find it in a minute. You, you do what you need to do, man. Well, I mean, at this point, you know, Sean's not around to bug me anymore. But, you know, that, that Christopher Walken guy, he kind of stumbles down here once in a while. <laughs> yeah, he he, he kind of comes and goes. He's the most mysterious house guest we've <laughs> ever had. But, uh, but yeah, a quick question for you, though, as I'm rummaging around here. You didn't sell the PlayStation on eBay, did you? Do you I do I look like somebody that gets mail access? That's true. You don't you get mail have... access. You don't yeah. get female access. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. What does Mary Jane count as? <laughs> you know, let's let's just move on. <laughs> let's move on. I, yeah, I I'll find it. But yeah, I PlayStation One, or I can use the PS2 because I can pop in old PlayStation One discs into it. But yeah, I'm 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 all about going back into my gosh, what is it? Twenty. Let's see, what's 1996 to two, 20, Laurel. <laughs> is Laurel down here? Uh, she's wait. Are, is she back in accounting? I thought she was I, in I HR. Don't know. I think it's 25 years since this this Tomb Raider series started, and I just want to play it again, man. So, but luckily, there's probably no fan films about it, so I don't have to sit down here and talk with you. I can just get <laughs> get it and go. Yeah, you'd think that wouldn't, but you'd be wrong. Ah! <laughs> In fact, there are many fan films about Tomb Raider, and I've got one just handy right here called Tomb Raider Voice from Beyond. But before we dive into all that, Jared, let everybody know what Tomb Raider is, because apparently it's been around for a quarter century and... Yo, I'm sure nobody knows what it is. 
Hey, I'm happy to. I am a huge, huge fan of the Tomb Raider franchise. There's just a couple of franchises out there where I have literally played and beat every game that they have. And those franchises include The Legend of Zelda, although admittedly I've never beat the crappy ones on the Philips CDI. Well, I can't say they're crappy. I've never played them. But from what I've seen, crappy. (laughs) Castlevania, I've beaten every one of those. And Tomb Raider. Uh, Tomb Raider came out in 1996 on the PlayStation 1. It was made by a group called Core Design. And uh, Core Design was actually a really small group. I want to say it was six guys. I'm pretty sure it was just six guys who made this game. And I tell you what, man, it changed the gaming landscape in so many ways. Uh, The two most obvious is we now had a first lady of game. Now, some could argue that Samus Aran from the Metroid series certainly might be the first first lady of games. And I wouldn't fight you on that. I mean, that's been around since the original Nintendo. But you can remember how in that game, it was like a reveal at the end that Samus was a girl. You played the whole time as a girl. Oh, snap, a plot twist. You know, like that was like a plot twist in that game. This one, it's right up front. Tomb Raider, it's right up front. You got a a strong female protagonist who is just can do amazing things and it's just a complete and total badass. And so you have this like upfront female protagonist and that just one way it changed the landscape of gaming back in 96. The other way is, you know, if you talk to people and you say, you know, what changed the landscape of, of 3d gaming and 3d platforming? Most people say Mario 64 or maybe Ocarina of time. And those are great games. And those really did kind of perfect 3d gaming but there was not a darn thing wrong with the 3d gaming in tomb raider in fact i'd say tomb raider was the first game to really really nail it as far as a good 3d environment interacting with it um it's just incredible with with what they did with limited resources six guys it's it's incredible it's incredibly fun it's incredibly fun to go back to today it's a great game so that comes out in 96 it's quickly followed after its success they basically chained quarter of their desks and <laughs> made Tomb Raider 2 come out in 97. And then 3, I think, came out in 98, I want to say. I think they did it three years in a row. Uh, and they actually, their team actually, core team actually shrunk after the first one because the guy who did the original character design for Laura Croft left because he didn't like the way that she'd become sexualized in a lot of the advertising. And if you look at a lot of old video game advertising, I mean, across the board, mm-hmm there was a lot of sort of sexualization and and gaming advertising. And when you've got a character like Laura Croft, it just happened. Obviously that the way it is, but over the years, uh, she's never really gone away. She's, she's had games on the PlayStation, the PlayStation two, um, three, four, like she's never left. Uh, she even got ported over to the Xbox, uh, for the latest series that they rebooted with square Enix. They did tomb Raider rise of tomb Raider and shadow tomb Raider. Oh my gosh, Clinton, if you haven't played those, you totally have to. That that trilogy of games is flipping fantastic. It's probably the I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it's the best reboot in video game history. It's it's really great. So I mean I can run my mouth about Tomb Raider all all night long, but it starts in 1996, which is cutting edge platforming. It it takes a dip into the PlayStation 2 era. The low point I would probably say is Angel of Darkness. It's it's a borderline broken game, although I did play it and beat it. And then, and then when Crystal Dynamics took it over, when it got to the Xbox and into the 360, sort of that era, uh, PS3 era, 
Crystal Dynamics took over and they made what Legend, Underworld, and Anniversary. Three really solid entries. They really kind of put some new energy into it, kind of redefined it. And then after that is the latest trilogy from Square Enix. So it, it's a series that just kind of just keeps, keeps on, keeps on. They find clever new ways to reinvent it every time it gets a little stale. Because I mean, by the time Tomb Raider Chronicles, which was part five, came out, that formula got stale. And they, and they dared to try something new with Angel of Darkness, and it, it didn't work. <laughs> so, so thank goodness Crystal Dynamics reinvigorated it. And then after that, uh, Square Enix reinvigorated it again. So there's your Jared's excited, passionate history of Tomb Raider because I just love it. I love it. I've 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 played and beat them all, man. And, and sometimes people will call me on that. They'd be like, "Oh, did you play the one on the Engage? Remember the old phone system where you literally had to take the battery out to switch games?" And my answer to that is yes, I did. The one of the Engage is really just Tomb Raider One ported to the Engage. Um, I actually found an engage with Tomb Raider at a yard sale. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and this was probably a 2004 and I beat that one too. So anyway, I'll shut up. I'll talk all night about Tomb Raider games. I love them. I love them. I just wanted, you know, I want everybody to know Jared didn't go off notes for this. No, that was off the cuff. <laughs> like, holy cow. <laughs> Cause I'm sitting here waiting for him to scroll a little bit and he's just going on. No. This is nice. Well, you know, I'll admit something to you, though, Clinton. I mean, clearly I have a love for the franchise, and I and I have since. I actually probably picked up part one in 97. I actually remember playing it in 97. So it had been out for about a year before I got my hands on it. You know me. I don't pay full price for anything, man. I waited for it the price to drop. Uh, but a little bit of a cheat in that since I recently got back into it, that wasn't just staged for the show, everybody. I really did have gone back, and I just beat part one, and I'm in the middle of part two right now playing it. And because I've had this resurgence of excitement for it, I watched some YouTube videos. I watched some YouTube like documentary videos on it. So it's fresh on my mind. So I've been watching YouTube documentaries on Tomb Raider recently because of my recent excitement. So when you asked me to do this episode, I'm like, oh, man, I got it all right up here in the front of my brain right now. <laughs> and if you want to follow Jared's progression through the Tomb Raider series, become a Crusaders Club member. Ooh, I like that. Patreon.com forward slash Longbox Crusade for as little as $1 a month. You too could be a member. And yeah, once I beat part two, I'll do a review on our ongoing video show that we do exclusively for Crusaders Club members called I Finished It. Whereas I finished nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> we should do I Finished Episodes. I Finished it Episodes with Clinton just staring into the camera for like 30, 45 seconds. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to watch it. <laughs> you get to watch Clinton eat, eat like a donut. You know, I finished it. <laughs> and that's it. I'm done. Hey, wait, I can get donuts down here. I, I picked donut. People can't see it because it's a podcast. But you have donuts <laughs> on your T-shirt. Yes, so I do. It's like, oh, donuts. <laughs> All right. Well, getting back to the whole fan film thing. Oh, yeah. This is a yeah, video you know, review podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Since there's a show. Tomb Raider Voice from Beyond was uploaded to YouTube back in December of 2020, which is an interesting time to upload things to YouTube. It was posted by Han for Bond, which is definitely like a username that needs to be associated more with this kind of show because, <laughs> I mean, come on, Bond, Han Solo, come on. I'd watch that team up. At the time of recording, this video has 177,800 views, give or take, which, you know, not too shabby for something less than a year old, but come on, folks. We were all inside. We all needed to be watching. That thing needs to be higher up. 
So credits for this, and I am going to screw up some of these names already, I can tell you. <laughs> when I saw the credits at the end, I was like, better him than me. <laughs> this is me all the time. Just put on your your DJ Cristados <laughs> helmet and just go for it. Hey, I don't. we don't all get Esposito. <laughs> all right. Laura Croft was played by Rama Monk. Mon- I can't even say it. I am sorry, lady. Laura Croft was played by Rama Montakabi. Amanda Evert, or is it Evert? Here's the thing. We're going to talk about something early. It's Amanda Evert, I do believe, in the game series. But in the credits, she's listed as Amanda Evers. And I'm wondering if it's a typo or if they just changed it by one letter for i don't know copyright reason i I, it's a fan film so i don't know why you would do that but yeah in their own credit she's listed as amanda evers but in the game it's amanda effort so yeah whatever nitpick Hmm. okay anyway amanda is played by jennifer grimes yes got an easy one (laughs) shane (laughs) is played by ernest keith walker can't get much better than that one and nikita no not 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 uh, lafem nikita just nikita is played by Raquel Bellarino. This was written and directed by Adam Theed. The director of photography is Michael Padilla. Costume designer and production assistant was Christina Sitzer. And I might have a few things to say about her contributions here. Uh, sound recording engineer Edmund Manpanty. <laughs> yeah, I figured you'd... you'd yeah, I saw his name in the credits. I giggled, too. <laughs> Assistant camera operator, Evan Padilla. Post-production by Michael Padilla and Adam Theed. A few things to note before we hop in. This is an award-winning fan fan film, which I'm still not sure how, you know, fan films get awards. But if anybody knows, do please let me. It won a Longbox Crusade Network Award for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty pretty good fan film of the year <laughs> well you know glhg mentioned that we should have some awards but that's not a bad idea anyway i'm derailing you as usual yeah oh no that's fine uh this was a finalist for the azure lorica fan film awards of 2021 for best actress and best cinematography you got honorable mention at the screen power film festival of 2021 It was an official selection at both Fantasy Short Film Festival in May of 2021 and Monthly Indie Shorts May of 2021. And guess what? You are a Fan Film Fridays feature on the Longbox Crusade Network. So uh, add that to your resume, people. Come on. Yeah, that's an accolade right there. Mm -hmm. So... This is, of course, the part where I tell everybody, look at the show notes. Go watch the fan film because Jared and I are going to spoil everything because we're horrible people. But also because there's no way to discuss this without spoiling it. And by golly, it's a whole lot more fun when everybody is on the same page. We all know what we're talking about, or at least, you know, one of us. So I nominate Jared this time. (laughs) This is a rare (laughs) moment for me. (laughs) So yeah, go go and check it. Check out the fan film. Uh, it's going to take about ten minutes of your day, so it's not a huge tax on you. And you know, we'll we'll be here. Just click the link, come back, listen to us. You'll be glad you did. Nothing tries to kill me. I promised to say it was fun. And yet you're in there anyway, and you'll come out just fine like always. 
Wish I were that gutsy. You don't understand what you hold in your hand. I don't think I'm cut out for this whole archaeology thing. All right, everybody back. Good, because here we go. Laura Croft and Amanda Everett are on an outdoor mission this time. No tombs, per se. But Laura does find a skull with mysterious markings in the brush. After losing radio contact with Amanda, Laura runs back only to encounter a man and a woman. And throughout my synopsis, I did not actually name them. So that was smart of me. Uh, Laura takes her chance to fire off a shot, but the man, apparently named Shane, magics her bullet back, hitting Laura in the shoulder and causing her to drop both her guns and the skull. I'm sorry, no, she only drops one gun. Why did I put both? Laura retreats and the duo take the skull. Shane and Nikita are later seen preparing Amanda for a magic ritual. The man seeks to return a voice from beyond the veil of death and put it in Amanda's mind. The ritual is almost complete when they hear a shot from Laura and the two run off to find her. Laura sneaks up and releases Amanda and gives Amanda her last remaining gun before passing out from blood loss. Amanda goes into action hero mode just before Shane and Nikita return. She fights the woman to a stalemate, but the man has taken Laura captive. Laura headbutts him in the nose. Amanda wrestles Nikita's gun away tosses both guns to Laura, and Laura performs a trademark Tomb Raider double shot to both of them. Laura and Amanda retrieve the skull before making their way back to the car. They joke that maybe the only other person qualified for the Laura Croft internship might be Indiana Jones. And that's the film, folks. So here's the part where I'm going to take a drink of water because you're tired of hearing me be all raspy, and Jared's going to tell me what he thinks of this. First of all, you call him Dr. Jones. Uh, but second of all, um, there's highs and lows in this one. I mean, overall, it's a high because people took the time to create this and uh, pay homage to the great series and all that. So let me just overall out of, out of the box say that, you know, these people put in time and effort, obviously, and they made something. They put themselves out there and I'll forever respect anybody who does that. Uh I know a little bit about putting yourself out there creative, <laughs> creatively, and, uh, and, I, and I truly respect that. So uh, having said that, let me tear this thing apart. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tear it apart. I will just, I will say, let's get the lows out of the way early. And, and I'd be interested to see if, if your lows and my lows kind of match up on this. Um, first of all, one of the hardest things, I think, for them to have improved upon, because limited budget, uh, and all is you mentioned it earlier. There's no tombs. There's no structures. It's, it's basically just, we shot this out in the woods mm -hmm. and, and I get it. You know, even the woods location just kind of looked, I don't know, simple. Like it was, it was like a light woods. It was, <laughs> it was like, it wasn't like a heavy woods. Um, so I guess it, it, if I could just immediately infuse one thing into the film, you know, I'm not asking them to go to, you know, the, the temples of, of Mexico to, to film or anything like, I mean, I know that's hard to do, but, but I, I would, I just kind of wish they maybe had a little more time or budget to find a, a better overall setting. Uh, did you pick up on that too? Or did it not bother you now that I've flipped the show around? I'm interviewing you. <laughs> no, I know. I understand. Um, I mean, there were a few scenes where you're just kind of like, man, you know, this is an awful cleared out area for them to, you know, make a believable jungle out of it or 
forest or whatever they were going to go with. A lot of trails too. Yeah, yeah, trails. I think kind of took away from it a little bit. And and again, I mean, I want to be very clear. This is a fine product, and the people who made it put heart and soul into it. And and so uh, even though we we sit here and we watch, this is what I would have improved. And we weren't on the production. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't on the production. Well, I mean, you know, I've I've said it practically on every episode. Pretty much anything that I find as a low is usually just a nitpick. Mm-hmm. Mostly mm-hmm. because you know that that's part of what we do on podcasts. We yeah, we sit here and like you said, well, if I'd have done it, you know, <laughs> with my sixty million dollars that That's I could right. put into a you know, fifteen-minute movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, th- my next low, maybe not even a low, for a Tomb Raider short fan film. There was an awful lot of Amanda Evers or Ever, mm-hmm. however they want to call her in the film. There's an awful, awful lot of Amanda and not a whole heck of a lot of Laura which I thought was an interesting choice. At first I thought it was a low, but then I was like, you know, the, the, the lady who played Amanda was uh, incredibly good. Mm-hmm. So why not feature her a little more and move, move Laura to sort of a bookend character. Yeah. And see, I didn't know Amanda was actually from the, the games until, you know, I actually sat and looked it up. Cause I was just like, Oh, okay. You know, we're, especially with the mention of the Laura Croft internship, I thought that was, a neat little premise and it was like oh we're going to just like create a character and kind of watch her grow and maybe become like the new laura i could get behind that which was the intent in the game i want to say amanda showed up i reserve the right to be wrong because i'm just now replaying them but i want to say that she showed up in the crystal dynamics series and she started out as as laura's friend and and helper and i, I want to say laura eventually had to sort of make a decision that that ended up she thought amanda was dead and but amanda got left behind and there thereby became the villain because she wasn't too keen on getting left, left behind <laughs> and so i really appreciate the fact that they sort of expanded a little bit of the amanda and laura friendship backstory you know before everything went wrong so i i like that a lot not not so creatively the only Thing I might have done different other than infuse a few million dollars and help <laughs> with the setting. Like, I just thought it was kind of weird that Amanda sort of had this, you know, I, I can't do it. I, she's very mousy. She, and then she has this moment where all of a sudden she goes into action mode and starts coming <laughs> fighting with the other with the other lady, with the villainous lady, if you will. And I thought I thought, well, that was it felt a little contrived, a little forced. But then I was like, you know what? They're having fun. They got to put some action beats in here. I appreciated the, as a combat self-defense instructor, I appreciated the choreographed hand-to-hand combat. You know, they gave a, a few seconds of that, and that was kind of cool. So, at one point, I was like, okay, it felt a little sort of 80s. You know, how, how like, remember how Commando, like Schwarzenegger puts, you know, gets his mic mm-hmm. voice? Yeah, it kind of felt like that. So, as an homage to that, it's kind of fun, actually. But, but I, again, I think all the, um, I think all the ladies uh, did a good job. And to focus on, uh, on the side character was was a bold choice. Okay, yeah, uh, probably the only other low I could really point out would be, you know, Shane's little wizard outfit. <laughs> okay, I noticed I mean, that too. I mean, n- nothing wrong with it. Again, you know, this is a fan film. I don't know what their budget was for this one. For all I know, they, you know, really only had like a hundred bucks. But boy, does it look like it came straight out of the Spirit Halloween sale. <laughs> That is okay. Admittedly, I thought that too. I thought, you know, I, I, you see that at the conventions a lot. There's people who sell like actual, like 
leather made mm -hmm. outfits and stuff. And I kind of wish they could have got one of those. And again, maybe not in their budget, but maybe worth going on social media and asking if someone had one they could borrow or make rent yeah. or something like that. But you're right. I mean, from a distance and the distance shots, it looks fine. Yeah, it's, it's but close up, you know, like you can see the zipper. And yeah, everything. it's real thin. You know, yeah. it just it looks wispy uh, a bit. So, yeah, I picked up on that, too. Um, I, I will say the guy who played Shane, uh, you know, clearly took it seriously. Oh, and, yeah. And, he, and brought as, as much menace to the character as he mm -hmm. could. And and in a spirit, you know, <laughs> costume, <laughs> it could be hard to get that energy up, but he had it. He had it in, he had it in spades, man. He was just well, like all energy and intensity. You know, and I thought it was great. Yeah, well, especially, you know, there's four of them out there. He's the only one who's dressed goofy looking. You know, That's right. Everybody else kind of sexy. <laughs> You know, you know, three three good looking ladies, you know, and Laura Croft stuff and can pretty well pass for normal clothes. And then you got, you know, wizard dude, and he's probably sitting there like, We are not going to Burger King dressed like this. <laughs> Screw all of y'all. I'm changing before we go to Burger King. <laughs> oh yeah. I again I think he did a good job. I think all the performances were pretty good and 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 kudos. To uh, the lady with the super hard to pronounce name who played Laura, mm -hmm. I mean that's an iconic character. Where she was the villain. She came in with some confidence, and and uh, I even liked like her hairstyle. I don't know if she did that herself or if they had someone on set to help her with that. But like her hair, her hair looks good. It's like Laura's hair is sort of a you know part of the gaming tradition. It it changes mm -hmm. and stuff from from game to game. Sometimes she has like the long ponytail and. Sometimes she has a short cropped hair and, and things like that. So those are little details that as a gamer, I'm kind of looking at like, oh, what do they base this version off of? And I got a real uh, Crystal Dynamics era, especially since uh, Amanda's in it, uh, of it. And I think, I think they did good. I mean, the, they had the color of her shirt, I think, is spot on to that, that Tomb Raider sort of teal color that she's rocked for a long time. So, you know, that's kind of critical video game eye that I brought looking at the character. And, um, yeah, I, I think especially with their budgets that uh, Laura looked and sounded and and moved well. Okay. So, I mean, that, we've pretty well um, got a, all our lows out, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other? So, uh, what were your highs that we didn't already mention? Well, like I said, it, it all looked good. They all brought energy and heart. They knew what they had to deal with. They knew that they, I think they made the most of their limitations. You know, I think they got the most out of it that they could. And they clearly put together a, a, a product that they've stuck out there. And I'm looking at it on YouTube right now, Clinton. And it's you know, like you said, it's got, it's got about almost 180,000 views now, 716 likes, one of which is mine. <laughs> and 105 dislikes. And I'm like, who are these people? You know, like these are the people that I guess I got so caught up in the nitpicks that we talked about that they kind of forgot that a group of people went out there and made this piece of entertainment and put themselves out there and took a risk. And then, you know, these it's the internet. So these mm -hmm. <laughs> people have to come by and downvote it because I don't know why. Maybe they didn't like this or that or, oh, that didn't seem like Luna Craft to me or whatever. But the good news is I've been looking through the comments. They're very positive. So, you know, speaking of highs and positivity, and I know I mentioned it before, but just the willingness, put themselves out there, uh, go ahead and make this, provide some extra Tomb Raider entertainment for the fan community out there. I applaud them for that. And I mean, overall, did I think it was good? 
yeah. So those are kind of generic highs. Uh, did you have any specific ones that I can latch onto? Um, I mean, other than the fact that it really did feel like it was kind of a chapter out of a, a Lara Croft game. Because, I mean, there you go, go into some really um, out there kind of territory. But then again, you know, that draws the comparison with Indiana Jones again. Raiders of the Lost Ark goes into some pretty out there territory. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I I think it felt like a, a pretty good adaptation. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job specifically with the scene where um, Shane uses the skull to possess Amanda and they did the voice modulation. Mm-hmm. So she started speaking in that voice. And I also thought it was kind of cool because it, it, it definitely made me feel like that somewhere inside of Amanda now is sort of this perhaps a, a dark and evil presence that lives in her, which makes sense in, in the future of the game storyline because Amanda does turn dark later. And I thought that was kind of a neat way that you could tie this to the game series. Okay, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That, that works. Um, I mean, we've well, we've said before on the show that fan films are essentially fan fiction in film form. So, in, you know, adding to the mythos from your own headcanon isn't exactly, you know, out there territory for us. I did like the fact that uh, Amanda didn't take time to try and, you know, clean up all the blood and everything that was on her when she went into action hero mode. <laughs> you know, it was like, no, okay, there's something that needs to be done. So let's do this. I like uh, my favorite part was when she uh, uh, tightened up the, the knot in her shirt. She's like, mm. I got to be a little bit sexy like Laura if I'm going to, if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be kicking butt. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess, you know, uh, a bold choice in the modern filmmaking era. But uh, I thought that I kind of giggled at that. I was like, oh, she's, she's tightened it up her shirt. It's probably more practical to leave her shirt out for protection. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You're trying to be like Laura. You know, Laura's her mentor. And Laura's a sexy character. So if, if that imbues her with some confidence, then go for it. Why not? Okay, let me ask you something. I mean, you know, this is probably neither here nor there. But within the realm of believability, you know, considering this is a Tomb Raider fan film about people getting possessed by strange mysterious skulls and all that uh laura uh bleeding out from the gunshot wound like enough to pass out is that anywhere you know i mean you are a combat vet you should (laughs) you could uh, speak on this yeah i'm happy to in fact i think it's definitely realistic because you know a lot of times in movies your hero uh, your lead your main character will get shot like the arm or the shoulder and they'll power through to the end of the movie, right? And it's like, no, man. <laughs> no. You take her out there. Yeah, you start to bleed out. You get weak. You get dizzy. You get nauseous. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty legit, actually, that, that she would be struggling to maintain consciousness. And, of course, she got it all together so she could do that cool double shot mm-hmm. right before she started to struggle again. But, I mean, that's that's movie hero stuff, right? But yeah. As far as the, the reality of it goes on, oh, I think that's legit. So, no, that gets a thumbs up from me. And I s- suspect Jason from Action Film Face Off as well. <laughs> All right. So, see, there we go. There's another high, folks. Believability in action right here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, uh, the actors in this, uh, they, they all... Um, uh, they all have IMDb listings, so that's good. They're all pretty well in the same production group 
for a bunch of fan films. And I had to uh, take note of one that is listed as upcoming. Ooh. Because there is one that seems to tie in with our little uh, jokey tagline at the end. Because they show one in post-production called Raiders, Croft versus Jones. Oh, that sounds exciting. I, You know what? I have seen a fan film, and maybe you have too, Clinton, because you watch them. There's a, there's a group that does sort of a high-production so-and-so versus so-and-so battle films out there and i'm you might remember who they are and i don't and uh, I think the they, bat and the sun people that do super super power beat down yep that those okay. are the folks yeah and i think they've done a, a laura versus indiana jones one i swear i've seen that but i would love to see this group's take on it i mean they clearly have a love for it they're clearly having fun with it so you know with each project just like anything they're just going to keep getting better and better as they learn things as they go so yeah i'd be along for their their version and and whatever else they got going oh yeah and especially if it's a, a continuation from this you know I, w- I would love to see like if if plot points kind of crop back up if there's you know is there an indiana jones one that we need to watch ahead of time to see how things sync up or is there going to be like time travel involved and it's just an, a raiders sequel kind of thing like i mean these people churn out good stuff a lot of possibilities Oh, yeah. And I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen um, fan film people springboard into doing, you know, pro level stuff. Yeah, man. I wish the best for them. I mean, again, I've said it several times, but just the willingness to put yourself out there, that's probably the biggest step in being a creator. So I applaud them for it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll go back to, yeah, it probably sounds like we brought up a lot more lows than we did highs, but. Again, that's just because we're being nitpicky. Honestly, this is a, a great fan film. It's a lot of fun. And it, it does what it's set out to do. It entertains for 10 minutes. Absolutely. I have no no bones about, like you said, nitpicky. We'll, we'll point out all the things we would have done differently when we make our big fan film. The <laughs> Long Box Crusade fan film. That's something that needs to happen. Uh, yeah. but, Escape no, from the Basement starring Snake Plissken. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But no, I, I like you. I'll echo you. This is just 10, 10 minutes of fun and love for some source material. And if you can't get behind that, then you're probably just a miserable <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, absolutely have fun with it. I take my hat off to these folks. If, if anybody who is involved in the production is listening to this podcast, I definitely want to echo what Clint said. Yeah, we took the time out to talk about how we would do it. It's a podcast. You got to kind of talk about that. But overall, no, absolutely applaud you. It was a wonderful product. Yeah. I mean, I can't say it any better than that. That is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, So, yeah, people definitely go out, check out this fan film. Even if you don't know Laura Croft, you'll still have a decent amount of entertainment. And maybe it'll inspire you to go and check out some of the games, you know, or or follow these people to other fan films. Yeah, check out the games. Uh, I mean, you, I, I, I am a kind of guy who's often said you can learn something from any movie, like even those quote unquote bad movies. And I'm not saying this is, but you can always learn something. You can always see some kind of a cool camera angle that, oh, that works really well there or neat sound effect or a cool prop. Or, you can always find something that you can add to your own repertoire if you're a creator. So, yeah, check it out. All righty. So. Uh, I guess that pretty well wraps that up. Uh, Jared, let everybody know where they can find you. Well, you can find me down in the basement searching for the PlayStation 1 that I'm starting to suspect got sold and mailed away, but, you know. Darn you, Delvin. 
<laughs> so, uh, no, you can, of course, find me right here on the Longbox Crusade Network. And if you want to chat with me on social media, I am at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can check out me putting myself out there creatively at theyardsaleartist.com. Okay. So, basically, that just... Uh means we can pretty well wrap up and uh, I can go upstairs and play some PlayStation, right? Uh, I would say yes, if we could find the PlayStation, but until we do, I suspect you need to stay down here. I mean, there's no reason for you to go up there if we don't have the PlayStation. But but, uh, but Rick said... Rick Is Rick still in the building? I don't know. He, I hired an exterminator specifically to get rid of him like six weeks ago. <sighs> well, I can't... I don't know what to tell you. All I know is that I know that there's a secret block that you can move in this basement, which will lead to a switch and the switch will lead you to the secret exit. And, um, I know where it is. And with that, bye. Well, great. No PlayStation, no way out. I'm pretty sure they won't let me call the game hint line anymore because you know, that went away in like 2001. <laughs> I guess I'm stuck here doing some, uh, feedback. So, you know, that'll be fun. But let's take a promo break first while I try and search out this hidden block. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I uh, got a little bit of a good news, bad news situation. The good news is I thought I found the secret block. The bad news is it was actually a cement block that was holding up the hot water heater. So, um, yeah, there's there's a little bit of a flood going on. Uh, Jared kind of didn't want to come down and fix it so um i'm, I'm gonna be swimming soon so yay for you know pool party i i guess so before the uh pool fills up here you know uh, i'm gonna read off some names and what names are those the people who like shared retweeted all that fun stuff for our last episode which as a reminder was von doom a Doctor Doom fan film with my guest, Professor Allen. So, all those people who were kind enough to share the episode included Alan Middleton himself, Chris Stados, Gene Hendricks, The Hammer Strikes, Waffles, Maz at Mazinger1978. I love that handle and I love that show. Tim Price, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. David Ace Gutierrez, Warlord Worlds, Laurel at Mountainflower One, Jerry Green, Comic Reflections, Ismail Oyenai. I probably said that completely wrong and I am so sorry. Please let me know how to say it correctly and I'll fix it next episode. Ranger Gord, Derek William Crab, Dotto Bai, or is that D Otto Bai? What? Uh, Meta Human Hunter 57 Frags All Mutants in 2021. Weasel Skull. Trekker Talk. Derek William Crab. Xenozoic Xenophiles. Max Reads Comics Into the Weird. Billy Delicious and Warlock Thanos Podcast. If I missed anybody or more than likely said your name wrong, do let me know and I will add it next episode. Before I move on to the more direct feedback, I want to give a quick bit of thanks to the Crusaders Club members. You are the folks who keep the hot water flowing down here in the basement where it is about up to my knees now. So, you know, that's uh, that's getting pretty uh, up there, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, 
Yeah, I only got one bit of direct feedback on the last episode, but that's fine because it comes from Laurel, who is probably quickly going to be on the phone with some plumbers. And do not call those Mario Brothers guys. They bring too many um, turtles and crabs and stuff down here. Ugh. Anyway, Laurel says, good film and fun episode. Although I kept waiting for Victor to tell Reed, a.k.a. Mr. Nosy, that he too was in the lab at 3 in the morning, so hush up! No wonder he doesn't like that guy. Hashtag Hail Doom. Laurel, I think you've got it pretty right there. Um, Reed's just a jerk. So, yeah, uh, that seems to be it for the feedback. But that's okay, you can always give us feedback on any of the episodes on Twitter at Fridays underscore fan, uh, at fanfilmfridays at gmail.com for an email, or contact at longboxcrusade.com. And uh, that seems to be it. So before the water gets much higher, I am going to rummage around and see if Jared has some yard sale snorkels around here. Or maybe even some uh, discount scuba gear? I mean, you know, I know he was in the Air Force, but... You know, he's got connections. So, yeah, I'm going to take a swim and hope that Laurel gets on the phone with plumbers very quickly. And I will hopefully not drown and see you all on another Fan Film Friday. Today you can take your telephone, your, your, your cell phone, and you can make a movie on that. And if it's a really cool movie that's funny and it's dramatic or whatever, you can post it on YouTube. If you want to make films and you want to tell stories, you can do it. After all, all art is experience. But if you're obsessed with film and you love to tell stories and you love working in that medium, uh, then uh, that will give you the strength to be persistent. <coughs> Probably should have muted for that. <laughs> Better edit that out. If I hear that in the final copy, I'll be salty. <laughs> you got me. I'm supposed to be gone in our skit. I'm gone. I left you the secret thing, but you made me laugh. <laughs> the whole hit line joke is hilarious. <laughs> okay, I'm seriously leaving now. <laughs> <laughs>